What is happening? You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show, the show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. I am your host, Jason Dowd, and we got a great show for you guys today. We have a couple of great guests coming on, and we are going to be doing another perception and interpretation song. And I think you guys are going to really love this mix coming up. But before we get into anything, check out our websites, www.theamemagazine.com. While you are there, you'll be able to see all the links to our social media. You'll be able to see the links to all of our our experience, which is the radio, television, and magazine. You will also be able to get the links to download our apps on the Apple and Android platform completely free. And even while you're there, sign up for our newsletter and you'll be able to see everything that we have coming up and you'll be in the know with the AME experience. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest. His name is Michael Anthony. And you know what? He has a great outlook on, on life, and what he wants to do, he's actually he's an award-winning speaker, author, blogger, and pastor with a mission to inspire, challenge, and motivate others to think deeply into their lives courageously. This is something we talk about here all the time, so this, is, this guy is like exactly what we want to have on the show. Um, Anthony is the founder of CourageMatters.com, which is dedicated to educating individuals about the critical needs to live courageously, uh, to courageous lives marked by truth and love. And he is also the co-founder of the National Week of Repentance with his wife, Janet. So welcome to the show, Michael. How are you doing today? Jason, great to be on your program. I'm doing great. Thanks for the privilege of being with you. Hello to your audience as well. Well, you know, like I said here just a few minutes ago, one of the things that we love to do here is inspire others to find passion and inspiration in their lives, to go out there and challenge themselves and, and do amazing things in the world. I, you know, I've, I've learned that you can do some amazing things with just a mustard seed size bit of passion inside your life. And I've seen it myself because I have that myself. And, and you know, sometimes it's tough, but it, it's always worth it in the end. So I love to figure out how you got into what you're doing here with uh, Courageous, uh, Courage Matters, uh, your website, couragematters.com, and what inspired you to do this. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I bought the domain name probably about 18 years ago and sat on it, Jason, and uh, knew that, hey, someday that name was going to come in handy. Mm -hmm. And then this year, I, my first book was published by Thomas Nelson Publishers. The title, aptly, is A Call for Courage, uh, Living with Power, Truth, and Love in an Age of Intolerance and Fear. So the name just dovetailed nicely with the domain name Courage Matters, and uh, it's all the byproduct of me recognizing what's happening in the nation and in many parts of the world where people are cowering, they're afraid, they don't know what to do. Um, nonsense has replaced common sense in many realms, and I wanted to encourage people of faith, people who embrace our Constitution, who love uh, the Lord Jesus and love the Bible, I wanted to encourage them to stand up and be able to speak out in what has become a sit-down, shut-up world. So that's part of my journey and why Courage Matters and why I wrote the book, A Call for Courage. You know, as I, I, I almost have a hard time going on Facebook anymore, any mainstream media, because of exactly what you're talking about, the intolerance. It's like, if you, it's okay to have your opinion, but if somebody else disagrees with you, then it's not okay for them to, to disagree with you, and you have to silence right. them. And I've seen it on both sides of the aisle. I've seen it on so many different things, and it's not necessarily politics, it's also religion and everything else. Right. I mean, it's getting to be a really dangerous world out there. So yes. what are some of the things that you can share with them to inspire them to just 
stay strong and and go with what they believe in and don't be afraid to be you yeah yeah well you know tolerance is all the rage these days but tolerance is actually a paradox and a paradox is an impossibility you take if you take tolerance to its logical conclusion you cannot do that because what you're saying is we want everybody's opinion everybody's perspective to be included but then when you have absolutes or when you have opinions that disagree with you they're going to shut the disagree with the, the, everybody else they're going to shut everything down so you cannot follow tolerance to its logical conclusion because it requires intolerance at some point mm-hmm. and so what's happened today is that people of faith are, are especially being targeted in what i call reverse intolerance you know people say well we got to be tolerant we got to include everybody unless you're a person of faith and we don't want to hear from you you need to sit down and shut up. And what, what people need to make a distinction over today is that our battle, regardless of what you believe, regardless of whether you're on the left or the right or somewhere in between, okay, whether you're a religious person or a non-religious person, our battle is not against people. It's not against each other. It's about ideologies, that we can differ in our ideologies but it doesn't mean that we have to be hate-filled and hateful in the way we communicate. And people seem to, these days, social media, I think, has, has destroyed our culture in many ways. Even if somebody's not active on social media, people have lost the ability to simply communicate in a civil manner. Things often disintegrate very quickly into name-calling and uh, underhanded comments that take us away from the healthy dialogue about the sharing of ideas, which is a large part of what America is. It's about sharing ideas and being able to disagree agreeably. That's part of what it means to live in a democratic republic, which is what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that truth has a lot to do with this, too. And I know that the media has always been a propaganda machine for years. I mean, even going back way into World War II. And, in fact, that's Hitler used it very often to uh, yes. get, get his very people to, uh, to go by his ideologies. But, you know, every time I pick up the – I just pick up the, the, uh, the, the website just a few minutes ago and looked at all the different uh, – the Internet and just looked at all these different uh, commentaries from MSNBC, CNN, and all, uh, Fox, and all these other places – and, you know, some of them are just plain um, opinions, and they're p- portraying them as facts, so people believe that they're facts, and therefore, when something else comes up against it, they don't understand, and they get angry. Are, is lying a big part of this? Is that what's causing a, a lot of this tension and, and separation as well? Well, I think the big issue today is that it used to be that the news was about the truth. Who was the first to break the truth? Today, it's about who's the first to be first, and there's a huge difference. If you lose the moral compass about what the purpose of the news is to convey truth, to convey facts, to be objective, and if the quest then becomes to be first, you lose your moral compass, then it's all downhill from there. And I think that's the fundamental difference, Jason, that you're recognizing between the way the news is presented today and the way it used to be. And it's a very scary time to be living because you cannot get your news from just one source. Of course, you know that. Mm -hmm. You have to get your news from multiple sources in order to to do fact-checking because oftentimes something that's out there first, it might grab the headline, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you rein it in, if it's even reined in, 
the propaganda, the falsehood is already spread, and people begin to act on headlines. How many times, uh, I, I challenge people who are listening right now to, to look at how many times a headline seems to present one set of facts, and then you read the actual article, or you watch the actual broadcast, the, the clip, the, the story that's presented, and the headline is completely misleading. Mm-hmm. There are three things that the media always looks for when it comes to a news story. Fear, fame, and fun. If it's one or more of those things, that's what they choose to propagate. That's what they choose to, to make a story. And what's, what creates fear, what might be fun, and what might be famous might not necessarily be what people want to hear initially or what they need to hear. But yet this is the day and age that we're living in. And that's part of the reason why the subtitle of my book is appropriate, Living with Power, Truth, and Love in an Age of Intolerance and Fear. Because the, the news media... I think has helped propagate, help fan the flame of a culture that is now uh, very fearful. People are very fearful these days and very intolerant, very impatient. People talk at each other. They've lost the ability to talk with each other. And, of course, the ability to think is a lost art these days. Mm -hmm. We're being told what to think these days. People don't know how to think any longer. That is a problem because people don't go and look at different sources and fact check everything. I mean, I usually, I almost kind of rejected mainstream media and I kind of go into these independent places because they don't care if it hurts this person, this person, this person, this person. If it's the truth, it's the truth. And mm-hmm. I can make up my decision with that. And what you just said, you know, a great example of that was what just happened on The View with between uh, Judge Janine and Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, I've never seen such a horrible display happen right in front of my face. You know, she was yeah. throwing out facts. Whoopi wanted to only hear the opinion and got offended because the, the, the facts, you know, went against her opinion. And, you know, that's going to happen sometimes in life. It just does. You know, I always thought the wrestling was real until I actually found out it wasn't. You know, it hurt a little bit, but you know what? It's still the facts, and therefore I have to take it as it is. And, you know, this is a big problem, and, and I've been seeing it becoming a big problem. And the more that we're, we're not you know, we're not fact-checking, this is where these, these arguments are coming in because people are like, they're finding out the hard way and they're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, they don't know how to react. Yeah. Yes, none of this is going away anytime in the near future. This is the new normal mm-hmm. in America, the new world of disorder, as I refer to it. And that's why your listeners need to know how to navigate through it. They need to learn how to live in this new world of disorder because it's not going away anytime soon. Mm-mm. It's not. This is the reality of what has become of our nation. It's part of our culture. It's now baked into our fabric. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking over some of the stuff that you sent me, and this kind of really ties into what we just talked about. And saying you're calling for a second American revolution, which, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing the same thing. Um, it does That's sound right. a, little bit, a little bit, you know, rash, but what do you mean by this? Is this maybe another, maybe yeah. like a Continental Congress or something, um, a, a constitutional mm-hmm. convention or something? Yes, well, first, first, it's very important to understand that I don't think that the new American Revolution that we desperately need is one that should be fought with conventional weapons, nuclear, biological weapons, nothing like that whatsoever. I think it needs to be peaceful, and it needs to be a revolution in terms of how we use our tongues. Our tongues are the primary way that we cut each other down these days, whether it's through the pen and blogging and writing and news media stories or actually, you know, social media uh, which is actually anti-social media, or whether it's in person. The tongue has become the primary weapon of choice these days. And so when I'm calling for a second American revolution, 
it needs to be fought with civility and peace where we rediscover the ability to disagree agreeably that's super 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 important and at the epicenter of that is why i wrote my book a call for courage um, that's the philosophy that i present in the book about what would this revolution look like the second american revolution that's what i lay out in a call for courage because you have to be very clear these days otherwise people misunderstand and they think that a call for a change in our attitudes toward each other and a change in the way our dialogue is taking place, they could easily mistake that as a call to arms physically in a traditional sense. And we have to be very, very cautious and very, very clear that uh, I'm not calling at all for a violent second American revolution. I think it needs to be peaceful. I think it needs to be civil. I think it needs to be productive. And I think that we're long overdue for it. We need it now. Now, speaking about revolutions, too, we've been seeing a, a, a religious revolution in this country where, you know, Christians are being just attacked on every basis that, they, that, that can happen, yes. from the baker to, um, you know, people just going out and praying in the streets and Antifa coming up and trying to, to beat, beat them into, into submission. How do you, what do we need to do to stand by our faith and realize that this is probably going to happen? How do we protect ourselves and how do we stay focused on our beliefs and not let other people like that take us out? Right. Good question. Well, I think there are multiple facets to the approach. I don't think that there's a silver bu bullet, so to speak, that there's one thing that if we do this, it's going to take care of everything else. However, I do think that we've fundamentally flip-flopped. People of faith have flip-flopped, and I think social media has played into this in, in a very major way, even if people are not part of social media. We are now more concerned about the opinions of people than we are the opinions of God. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very big thing. You cannot please both people and God. If you live to please God, you're going to please the people you need to please, that you should please. And then the people you don't please, their opinion doesn't matter anyway. But now what's, what's part of the DNA of America is people-pleasing and concerns about how many likes, how many follows, what kind of social media following I have. And even, again, if you're not on social media, people's minds have been reconditioned to be concerned about me, myself, and I. Very, very deeply troubling, because when that is the subtle and yet constant undertow of a society, that can choke off your ability to listen to the Holy Spirit, that still small voice, the voice of God, calling you and directing you. And I'm, afra I'm afraid even that it's affected us deeply in the way we approach Christianity, where we think the Bible is primarily a book about us. It's not. The Bible is a book about God and how and whether or not we are aligning ourselves with God. You know, all the talk these days is about God being my champion. I'm not going to have any difficulty, not going to have any hardship. The Bible is a, a book about success, whether or not I'm following God. But, you know, that's not biblical. God's agenda is going to be accomplished whether or not you or, or I am on board with that. The Bible is a book primarily about God, and we can expect success when we're following God. If we're not following God and we're just treating him like a genie that we've uh, let out of the bottle, we don't have a, par a promise that we're going to succeed in our plans. But yet, that's the way many of us are approaching the Bible these days. It's become a book about us, not about God's agenda, not about God's glory, not about God's purpose, not about God's mission and vision. And it's a very dangerous, troubling time that we're living in these days. In order to turn that around, there's a huge need for a massive movement of humility. 
a rediscovery of humility being the primary fundamental characteristic of what it means to have a heart after God and to follow Him. And that needs to take place these days, because when you're humble before God, guess what, Jason? You will be courageous before people. Mm-hmm. Courage is a byproduct. Courage with people is a byproduct of being humble with God. You know, you just said something that kind of made, you know, kind of struck a, a, a question in my head, and I want to talk to this about before we go into your website here and, and all the other cool stuff that you have going on. But, you know, we have people like uh, President Carter, you know, obviously very famous, can get on the media very easily, gets out there and says, I truly believe that God would not have a problem with aborting babies and also with homosexual marriages. And I'm like, you know, that guy, no matter how you look at him, he's going to be influential. You know, and, and it's like they're trying to spin God's word into whatever they want it to be so that way you don't feel like you're doing something wrong. And whether you believe it's wrong or not is kind of irrelevant for this particular thing. But, you know, it's, it's how people are spinning these things. And we don't seem to have a platform for people that are Christians or believe in the opposite of what the media is pushing to get out there and speak because it's been silenced. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to have our voices heard and to show people that there is an alternative side to people like President, uh, President Carter? I think the way to defend the Bible is the same way, I love the way Charles Spurgeon said it, it's the same way you would defend a lion. All you do is let it out of the cage. Mm. And what's needed in our country is not so much spouting Bible verses. We see this all the time on social media with people spouting Bible verses, and then in the next breath they're slamming people and having uncivil, antisocial discussions on social media. It's classically hypocritical, and we don't even realize how foolish we look. I think the biggest need that we have in our nation, Jason, is for us to put into practice the Bible that we know. And uh, it's unfortunate that former President Carter has reached those conclusions, which are a clear indication that he's not reading the Bible that he says he's reading or it says that he's read. And that's it, that's also reflective of the way a lot of people approach things these days. They, they read books about the Bible, or they read other stories or other um, books, get other information that might come from a different moral compass, and before you know it, you're further and further away from the truth, which doesn't change. Mm-hmm. God's truth is permanent truth. It's objective truth. It's forever truth. And then you can embrace positions that might sound morally or culturally acceptable, but they can be a complete offense before God. Remember, in Jesus' day, there were 6,000 Pharisees, 6,000 of them. Not one of them was chosen to be among the 12 apostles. Mm. Not one. Only the Apostle Paul chosen to be that 13th apostle. Okay? Great reminder for us that knowledge about the Bible is not sufficient when it comes to walking with God and being used for Him in His agenda. It's the application of the Bible. And for somebody to reach the conclusion uh, that is contrary to what the Bible teaches in Psalm 139, that I knew you in my mother's womb, Mm -hmm. God speaking about the unborn child, for somebody to reach a conclusion other than life beginning in the womb is a clear indication that they're not reading the Bible. There are plenty of people, what I refer to in my book, A Call for Courage, people who are members of the nighttime Bible reading society. They might as well be reading the Bible at night, lights off, sunglasses on, and one eye closed. And if you did that or I did that, you'd miss, you'd miss huge portions of the Bible, and you would end up recreating God in your own image. And that's what many people are doing today, Jason. Mm-hmm. They don't know the Bible, and they, they don't know the God of the Bible, because you can't worship a God you don't know. And if, if the foundation is crooked, the roof line's going to be crooked as well. 
And that's how people, well-meaning, people who are sincere, can be sincerely wrong at a time where truth is more important than ever in our country. You know, um, I want to spend the last few minutes promoting your uh, book here and your website, and you also have a really cool app. So tell us a little bit about what people can find when they go to your website and what this Mm -hmm. app is all about, because I know that's really kind of the new wave of uh, technology um, that we're using now today, because everybody has a phone or tablet that they love to use their apps with. Yeah. The Courage Matters app, it's free in their app store and the Google Play store. Just search for Courage Matters or for me, Michael Anthony, Courage Matters. And uh, the website is couragematters.com. So all of it's the same. Same thing with social media. Um, uh, easy to find at Courage Matters. But I wanted a, a app that was something that people could use on the go where they could watch videos, little short videos, listen to audio podcasts, read my blog, uh, see when I, I've written an op-ed, see when I've made an, a media appearance, and be encouraged on the go so that, uh, it was something that would, would build their faith, you know, build their courage. Courage is not something that anybody is born with, and I hope that people listening right now are encouraged with that truth. Courage is something that we develop. You have to be intentional about developing it. So my speaking ministry, uh, all the resources we put out on CourageMatters.com and through the Courage Matters app, they're all designed to help people cultivate their courage. Same thing with the book, A Call for Courage. It's, it's a book that you can judge by the cover. You know, it has a match that's lit, lighting the first match in a series of matches, and the subtitle says it all as well, Living with Power, Truth, and Love in an Age of Intolerance and Fear. That's what the book will do. And that's what, hopefully, when I speak, when I write, um, when we do videos, all the resources that we put out, they cultivate courage in the life of the watcher and listener. And, of course, where can people buy the book? I'm sure they can buy it on your website, but um, is there any yeah. other places that they can get it? Yeah, they can get it at CourageMatters.com. Just click on Book, or they can get it anywhere books are sold, Barnes & Noble, BooksAmillion.com, uh, Amazon.com, ChristianBook.com. If, if it's a legitimate bookstore and they're selling books, they can get the book anyplace. And it's also on audiobook, too. Thomas Nelson, they're great people. They gave me the opportunity to go down to Nashville and read for it, so I did. So uh, I just poured my heart and soul into the reading of it as well. It's over six hours of audio. Whether people want to get it on MP3 or on CD, it's it's great to cultivate your courage as well, the audio book. Well, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on here today and being a great guest, sharing some great information, inspiring hopefully some of our listeners and uh, giving them the courage to be who they who they are and uh, stand, to the, stand true to their faith despite the fact that so many people are attacking it today. And I wish you all the best on your book and uh, your message, and I hope it, I hope it reaches a lot of people because it's very important. You're so, you're so full of knowledge, and I really appreciate that. No, I appreciate the opportunity to encourage your listeners, Jason, and it's great to be on your program. You're doing a great job. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you.